0: Lord, we thank you for every blessing that you give to us. There's absolutely nothing that we deserve that we can earn from you. And so thank you even for this opportunity that we have to hear your word. I pray that, Lord, you will speak to us unhindered, I pray that, Lord, you will help me to be faithful to your word. You will give me clarity of mind and of heart. That, Lord, your word will come to us to transform us as we obey it. Meet every need in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Uh, it's a joy for me to be here. I am happy, my name is Simon Nyaika, indeed I'm not a stranger or a new face, I have been in these streets, as people say, Uh, yeah, for a while, I'm glad, Uh, very, very glad to hear from the MOOC guys. Yeah, saying i got I, very good to hear from the MOOC guys. I think the, the thing they forgot to mention was the strike that has, that has been going on. I seem to see familiar faces on TV at Douglas Villa shouting at police. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, we really, really, really celebrate with you guys that new step in your academic journey. And we hope that you will excel, eh? And pass. So, really quickly, we have a few minutes left. Who knows what we've been talking about so far in this month? Or who can remember? At least something from last Sunday. If you say Valentine's Day, we will chase you. Let me just eliminate some answers. You know who recalls? Who recalls what we talked about last Sunday? Or the theme at least. Yes. Trials and afflictions. Great, great, great meal club for you. Awesome. Trials and afflictions. Very interesting. Guys at All Saints are learning about trials and afflictions in the mouth of love. Uh, yeah, but thank you. That's what we are looking at this month. And last week we had... Someone remember who spoke last week? Yes, sir. Emma, Emmanuel chi Yes, he spoke to us last week from the book of... First Peter. Ah. Guys are in class. Yeah, First Peter, chapter one. And so this month we'll be looking at, every Sunday we'll look at a chapter of First Peter. So if you're able, you can even read through the book uh, while you're at home during the week. that's going to be our focus. And we are looking at the book of First Peter because, well, it was written by Peter, but the people he was writing to were going through trials. Who knows what a trial is? What other word can you use for trial? A trial. What is a trial? What is a synonym? Is that the word? What is a trial? Yes, Christine. Hardship. I agree. Hardship, hardship, a difficult situation, a trial. Yeah? I heard someone say temptation. Is a temptation a hardship? Sorry? A test. Yes, a test, a hardship. But even a temptation can be a trial. Not so. Man, when you're resisting that thing, yeah? When you resist, what do you guys resist? Any temptations? Maybe pork. Anyone who struggles to resist pork? Oh, that one. No one struggles, man. We allow. eh? We allow that we can't handle. Um, But yeah, that moment where you're resisting. The temptation say to lie. Not so. To tell a lie. The temptation to steal. Yeah? The temptation to cheat. Have you ever sat in an exam and been... These are sharp guys who have gone to MOOC you know who are doing civil engineering <laughs> you know there are courses you say in public and guys just clap for you did you guys notice when <laughs> when he said this course Ah, guys were like yeah you know um but anyway you know so so yeah school the things we 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 struggle with and contend with in our hearts the people that peter writes to were going through trials they were being persecuted because of what they believed. Yeah. And so this letter was written to them to encourage them. Yeah. They were in different places. When you read chapter 1, verse 1. Even the places are listed there. Nasa, Nawa, Kiso. You know, there's a version that has, you know, let me not tell lies, man. Lightning may. You know, but there are places in the olden days, you know, which is actually what they say modern day turkey. And so. Because of what these guys believed, they were being made to live a hard kind of life. The authorities were persecuting them. And so Peter writes to encourage them. And so there's a lot to learn from what Peter says. Today we'll be looking at verse, actually chapter 2. I will focus on specific portions and continue to ask questions that we may think together, because uh, because of time we might not have the smaller groups. And uh, we will see. So yeah, so chapter two, chapter two begins like this in the version I have, Chapter two of First Peter. First Peter is in the New Testament, it's after the book of James. yeah. And before the book of 2nd Peter. <laughs> so if you read 2nd Peter, you've passed 1st Peter. It says, Therefore, read yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. That's verse 1. Therefore, read yourselves of all these things. But why, of course, you guys who've studied English will ask me why is he saying there are four. Not so. Whenever a sentence, paragraph, yeah, begins with the word there are four, it means there was something before. Not so. That's the basis upon which what is being said um, is being said. You know, and in this case, if you look at, uh, do we have our Bibles? I hope we are looking. If you look at chapter 1. From verse 22, yeah, but of course you can read even from verse 13. He's really reminding these guys that they've been saved. They've been born again, yeah. They've been born, I don't want to say afresh, but it's, it's, it's the same thing, it's the same concept, yeah. They have, as we say these days, given their lives to Christ. But what that means is they have surrendered, yeah, to the lordship of Jesus. They have acknowledged, you know, that they are incapable on their own of relating with God, yeah, based on their own righteousness. But and have acknowledged what Christ has done for them by dying. On the cross. He says now that you've purified yourselves. This is verse 22. By obeying the truth. So that you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another. Deeply from the heart. Love one another deeply from the heart. Now that you have purified yourselves. By obeying the truth. And what is the truth? That's the gospel. Not so. The gospel of Christ. Christ. The story of his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension to heaven. And what that means for every believer is the truth, the gospel. Then verse 23 brings it out clearly. For you have been born again. Are there any born again people here? Oh, they are here. Ah, At least man. They are here, born again. This is a question to think about. In just two seconds, what does it mean to be born again? When you say, as you raised your hand that I am born again, what were you affirming? What does it mean to be born again? Yes, we have a response. To be born of the Spirit of God. Wow. How does that happen? In which hospital? I'm joking. But how? How does that, how do you think that happens? Anyone else really can answer if you agree with what she said. Uh-huh. Accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior and letting go of the world. Yeah, so the world is no longer your Lord. You're not depending on, you know, depending on or following the patterns of the world, the desires of the world. But you're saying, no, now I'm following the pattern of Christ, of God, and I'm pursuing Him. Thank you. Born again. It's a big question, eh? Because it's a word that we use. There are even people today who who say they, they belong to the born again faith. Isn't it? They, that it's now a, a separate denomination on its own. Being born again. I hadn't thought to do <laughs> to go to go to John chapter three because there Jesus speaks very very clearly about what being born again is. And he was talking to a man called Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were like the gurus when it came to the law, yeah? When it came to the law, the laws of God, they were the experts, yeah? And they were like the religious leaders at the time. But this man had questions. And this is a very interesting conversation. That he has. Verse 3. Is where we see the words born again. Being used. Chapter 3 verse 3. He says I tell you the truth. Unless, eh? No I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God. Unless he is born. Again. And Nicodemus. Asks the obvious question. How can a man be born. When he is. Old. Not so. How? How does that happen? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb. Verse 5 is the answer. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the spirit. You now see where? Anita? Right? Yes, Anita's answer. Being born of the spirit... And verse 6 even clarifies further flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. The Bible teaches that before we meet God, yeah, before God saves us, we are dead. Not so, we are dead, we are the living dead, yeah. You see that it's, it's, it's interesting. We are living, working, studying, you know, enjoying life, party after party, but we are dead. And we are dead within. Why? We are cut off from the source of life. The one who gives meaning to life, and that is God. Anyone who is not in an active relationship with God, is dead, no matter how successful they are, or unsuccessful they are, for that matter, because they are cut off from the source of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But when we come into relationship with him, we are born again in that our deadness I want to say is, is we are made alive. Not so. That's what the Bible teaches. We are made alive. He quickens life in our hearts. He brings us back to life. Suddenly, life becomes purposeful. Not so. It, 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 it acquires meaning. But beyond that, we connect with God, our creator and maker. Not so. And the question, the issue of sin, because you see, it's sin that kills our relationship with God. When we connect with Him through Christ, Christ has dealt with sin. Not so. And so we are able to enjoy and receive the life of Christ by His Spirit. Amen. Ah! Amen. Let me respond. To myself. So that has been a diversion. The issue of being born again. So when he comes to chapter 2. To say therefore. rid yourselves of all malice. It's on the basis that these are guys that are born again. So Peter was writing to. Believers. Not so. He was writing to people that had made that decision. For Christ to be their Lord and Savior. This message. Is for guys. That had put their trust and hope in God and are going through hardships. On that basis rid yourselves of all malice. Anyone ever been malicious here? Man, there are sinners in this place. We thank God. We thank God. Malice. Anyone ever had malicious thoughts? You know those thoughts you have and you're like, I think I need to talk to someone. Because this, this may not be normal. Yeah? Get rid. read yourselves. Not so. Because you are born again, Read yourselves of all. And I was thinking about it. Think about guys that are being oppressed, that are facing a hard time. Man, malice can build up in your heart. Not so. You ever been bullied in school? Anyone? Very painful. Not so. Emotionally, mentally. You can have malicious thoughts about that guy if you don't release him or her. But Jesus is saying through Peter, get rid of it. All of it. Or oh, all deceit. These are lies, eh? Get rid of all of them. There are no white ones. There are no black ones. Not so. There are no grey ones. Get rid of them. Get rid of hypocrisy. Pretentiousness, if that's English. Yeah? Putting on a show, keeping up appearances. Get rid of it. Get rid of envy. Anyone ever been envious here? And slander of every kind. Slander is evil speech. Not so to talk behind someone's back. And you see, all these are things that people that are going through a difficult time can easily get into. He's saying, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Instead, like newborn, remember, born again, not so. You are newborn, like newborn babies. So here he's not addressing toddlers. <laughs> he's still addressing the same people. But he's viewing them As children of God that have been born again. Yeah. He's viewing them in, I I want to say, in in their, in the, with the spiritual lens. Yeah. With the spiritual lens as, as children, babies, actually. Uses the word babies. Because they've been born again. They are in relationship with God. Then he says, so like those babies crave pure spiritual milk. So that by it, you may, babies need to grow, isn't it? That's why you guys have grown. You weren't born like this. Not so. You've grown. And it's the same thing spiritually. Not so. When we are born again, when we are renewed, when we come into relationship with God, the expectation and hope is that we will grow. Are you guys growing in your faith? When you look back five, four, three, two years ago. Do you sense that you've grown? Do you sense that your relationship with God is stronger? Crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Crave that nourishment, that nutrition. Not so. That will feed your faith, right? That you may grow. That, you may, that we may grow up. He's, remember he's speaking to people going through difficult situations. There is no... Going through a difficult situation doesn't mean we shouldn't stop growing. By the way, the opportunities to grow in our faith when we face trials are so many. Yeah? There are so many. Because as your faith is tested, you either respond by depending on God more or by running away from him, isn't it? Yeah, you either respond by reading the word more intensely and with more passion and with more seriousness or be like, man, this thing is not working for me as if it's supposed to work for for me. Spiritual nourishment, prayer, reading the word, Listening to the word, worship, isn't it? Worshipping God. Do you worship God beyond the thirty minutes that we have here in song? Not so. The music that you listen to, that I listen to, it is. Here. So that's the I was going to say introduction, but I have nine minutes to go. But it's still the introduction. <laughs> it's still the introduction. For what Peter is telling these guys to do, or what he is going to tell these guys to do. You've been saved. And guys, you see salvation. I I hope and pray. Is that song that, you know, we sing sometimes? May we never lose our wonder. May salvation. And you notice that sometimes as the years go by, There's a sense in which the value, the meaning, the, the the should I say greatness or bigness. Bigness is not English. That's a word I'm using. The bigness of salvation becomes it becomes a normal we lose it. Not so. It's so easy to forget the value and significance of what Christ did for us at the cross. Yeah? But the identity that we have, the basis upon which man, when he says, you are born again, and when we agree with him as we raised our hands that we are born again, and he says, crave that pure spiritual milk, crave the word, crave crave those things that are going to build your faith, I'm using the word crave. Anyone ever had a craving here? To crave is to desire, not so. To long for something. To want something. And this is what Peter is saying. We need to want to long for the word. To long for prayer. To long for fellowship with other believers. To long for worship. All kinds of spiritual nourishment. What books do you read? What books do I read? Not so. Is there spiritual nourishment in the novels that we are reading? It's also nourishment, by the way. But, it's, it's, it's nourishing the flesh. Not so. It's nourishing the flesh. As I close, Verse 9 is where the theme for today was gotten. But you are a chosen people. Same chapter, chapter 2. But of course, between verse 2, where we've read, and verse 8, where we are going to read, Peter uses a very interesting analogy that today we may not really understand. Stones. Yeah? Yeah? As you come, verse 4, to the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. He's talking about Jesus there. So he uses stones. In the olden days, that's what they used to build houses. Yeah? They used stones. If you've seen pictures, even in the Jesus movie, the architecture is not like the one for today. They looked for stones. That place, I understand, is very rocky. Not so. And so, that's what they used to use to build. So, when he uses this picture, they understand that there is a stone, the living stone. My Bible even puts that in capital letters. That was rejected by men. He's talking about Jesus, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood very big words there but there's a project going on not so, it's not SCP here. you know, he's using physical things to paint a spiritual picture that in the family of born again believers there's a building going on yeah he's building them up into a spiritual house which you can say is the church, the collective body of Christ. He's building us up to be what? A holy priesthood. If you read in the Old Testament, priests were responsible for, anyone want to shout? What were priests responsible for? Sacrifices. Wow. And sacrifices was basically Worship isn't it? The priests were responsible for bringing sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. That was their responsibility. They were responsible for the worship of the whole nation, not so at the appointed time. They're the ones that would go before God you know in in the tabernacle in there and say, "God, forgive us, forgive us, and and you know bring this blood, sprinkle it here." If you want those processes, they are, they are very elaborate. You know, Exodus, then you get into Leviticus as well. Very, very clear on what the high priest would do. But he's saying now all of us are being built up to be a holy priesthood. To be worshippers, isn't it? To bring before God acceptable spiritual sacrifices through Christ. Yeah? That in the way we live, our lifestyle, not so, our worship ought to be acceptable only through Christ. The Bible tells us that God is looking for worshippers, isn't it? God is looking for worshippers that will worship him in spirit and in, in truth. If you are to summarize our purpose as human beings, it's to worship God. To honor Him in the way we live, in the way we relate with others, to exalt and magnify and glorify Him alone. So, since you've believed, now to you who believe, this stone is precious. Yeah? This Jesus is precious. Without him, we are nothing. Not so. We have nothing. In fact, it uses the word cornerstone. The cornerstone was like the, the main stone. If we had the illustration here. It was like that stone where two walls would meet. Yeah? And so it was a very, very important stone. Responsible for that structure surviving if your cornerstone was weak you are on borrowed time so they they were very very careful on the kind of stone they used as a cornerstone right and that's why he uses that here so those who disobey the message okay let me read verse 7 to 8 now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. So for those that believe it's a precious stone, for those that disobey, it's a stone that's, that makes them stumble and, and fall. Are you guys getting the picture? He's using a stone. For those that believe it's precious, remember cornerstone supports the whole house, the whole structure. It's important. It's valuable. It's significant. Without that stone, we can do nothing. And so if we believe in that stone, if we believe in Jesus, if we attach value and significance to him, we will stand. But for those who disobey, and that's what verse 7 is saying, for those who do not believe that same stone, yeah, it's the one that causes men to stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. They disobey the message, the message about Christ. Remember the gospel, the truth. To disobey that message is to stumble and fall. If we had followed follow through this analogy. Now as I end, verse 9. You are a chosen people. Very nice song. Even today we sang it. We are a chosen generation. Called forth to show his excellence. I would like for us to remember that these are guys who are being persecuted for what they believed. Not so. Sometimes my hesitation with that song is that the way it ends, remember there's that part that says, I know who God says I. Okay, my voice. (laughs) But, you know, I know who God says I am. Where he says I. Uh Uh-huh. Man. Where he says I'm at, I know who I am. I'm walking in power. <laughs> I'm working miracles. Man, it's, it's a victorious... Eh? But remember where those lyrics are picked. There were not many miracles going on there. Their lives were at stake. Not so. Peter says, you're a chosen generation. He's telling those guys that you Whose life is at stake, God has chosen you. And I thought and thought, how how do I explain this word chosen? Not so. That's the core of what we are looking at today. You are a chosen generation. Some verses say race. You are a chosen people. God has chosen. Yeah? You guys who sought rice know isn't it? You choose the good guys. Right? You put the stones away. Don't want anything to do with them. Yeah? Chosen. You are chosen. Chosen. You are a chosen people. No one comes to faith by mistake. (laughs) No one. There are no mistakes. If you're here, and you are confident that you are born again. It was not by mistake. God chose you. Remember that story of the lost sheep? He knew the one that had gone astray. And he went to look for it. That's an extension of the idea we are talking about. That God has chosen that even those that stray away, isn't it? He goes and picks them out. Chosen, chosen, your identity, born again. Born again. For everyone who raised their hand and you affirm that you are born again, you are chosen. Your circumstances are not the ones that define the identity, isn't it? They could be good, wonderful, isn't it? All is going well, that's okay. Child of God. The identity remains child of God. The opposite could happen as well, just as it was here for these guys, isn't it? You remain chosen, isn't it? You remain chosen in the valley of failure, not so. As you face those zeros, zero one, 20%, F nine, see me, right? You remain chosen in that situation. You remain chosen in the valley of of, of darkness, right? That valley of struggle. Where man, even the strength to face another day is not there. You remain chosen, isn't it? You remain chosen in the midst of relationship. Strain with our parents, siblings, as our sister was sharing. Not so. But the fact that you are chosen ought to make us live life differently. Not so. We cannot continue to live as though God has not chosen us. Right? We cannot continue to live as though He has not chosen us, as though we don't have a master. As though we don't have one who has loved us. This love that we can't describe. Yeah? This love that we can't imagine, that we can't explain. We cannot. And so as we end, this is what that scripture says. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The word holy means you've been set apart. Set apart from what? Sinfulness, wickedness. Set apart for God. A people belonging to God. God owns you. He owns you. You belong to him. Why? Why all this? The reason is there. That you may declare. The praises of him. Who called you out of darkness. Not so. Called you called me out of remember that deadness I was talking about spiritual death he called us out of that, he called us out of that darkness, the darkness of the enemy yeah that place of hopelessness purposelessness, meaninglessness to life, he called us out of that And he has placed us in his wonderful light. His wonderful light. The light of his presence. The light of fellowship with him. An active, wonderful, precious relationship with him. So as we bow our heads, I invite us to think for one minute. Are you confident of your identity? Are you confident that God has chosen you? Are you confident that God has chosen you? Because if you're confident, that has implications on how you and I ought to live. Yeah, on the kinds of decisions that we ought to make even when going through trials. Trials are not a license to disobey God. Trials are opportunities for our faith to be refined, for our faith to be strengthened, to grow in our trust in God. Guys, God has chosen us for a purpose greater than ourselves. Greater than ourselves. To impact this world. To be among those that are proclaiming the excellencies, the praises, the wonders of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so, Lord, give us grace. Give us grace, Lord, to follow through with the implications of being chosen by you. That we will stand just as Peter encouraged the believers at that time. That we will be encouraged that in you choosing us, we are loved. And we ought to stand. So Lord, I pray for anyone in this place who is not sure whether they've been chosen by you or not. I pray that Lord, you'll do a work in their hearts. That they will come to know you. That they will come to be in an active relationship with you. That they will be born again. That they will be brought to life in their spirits, in their hearts, in the inner man. That they will be renewed and strengthened. We place the weak to come into your hands, Lord. Help us as we reflect on these things as we go through life. To the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.